The Meeting Charleston podcast is sponsored by Princeton Mortgage, home of the Princeton Promise. If you think your mortgage process was anything less than effortless, just tell them why and receive a $1,000 credit. My husband Mark and I moved to Charleston in 2018 with our three daughters. We both grew up in New Jersey and were ready for a new adventure. We had visited Charleston a few years back and immediately fell in love. So when it came time to pick a new home, low country living seemed like a no-brainer. So far, it has definitely exceeded our expectations. We love meeting our new neighbors and hearing their stories, so we started this podcast because we think that you might want to hear these stories too. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our feed on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, and please give us a five-star rating. Your support will make it easier for us to get an audience with the people you would most like to hear from. If you have suggestions for us on guests or things that we can do to improve the podcast, please message us on Facebook or Instagram. Your feedback is sincerely appreciated. Now on to our guest. We absolutely always just love sitting down with Christian Singer, the man behind the Holy City Center. I'm sure you've seen his Twitter account. His blog is incredible. The information that he keeps us updated with is straightforward and honest. Um, and you can trust it. So that's exciting because you can't always find that in the media. Um, so today we are here with Christian Singer for some updates in Charleston County and what's been going on during this pandemic. Yeah. You want to spray? No, I was just curious what it was. You- <laughs> <laughs> I get it on, I just, I gotta do something with my hands. I like that. So I was just wanted to see what it was. <laughs> so what's going on in the world of Charleston and coronavirus? Nothing. Really quiet. Uh, <laughs> nothing at all going on. Uh, a lot, obviously. Yeah, a lot. Um, you know, uh, the, the biggest thing for me has just been trying to keep track of what is going on in town as far as uh, events that have been canceled, whether they're postponed and, and being held later in the year, completely canceled, uh, what bars and restaurants are doing, like just trying to keep up with everybody. Um, and also on top of that, like what the government's doing, you know, what that means for the city and socialization and everything. It's just, it's something new every day. Where are you, I'm so sorry, but where are you getting the best information as far as the government goes? Um, trusted news sources, you know, so... I'll, I'll try to watch all the uh, press conference, uh, whether it's Tecklenburg for local or um, McMaster for the whole state. Um, but then also, like, if I miss it or if I just want some more follow-up to what I saw in the press conference, Post and Courier is doing a phenomenal job, as they always do, yeah. um, with coverage and, um, you know, uh, any other reputable um, news organization, you know. Yeah, it's hard to find them sometimes. The best is those because... True news, true journalists are just presenting you with what was said, what's going on, your numbers, and not providing any necessarily any context unless it's really needed and no opinions, yeah. you know? So I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. I think if most people just look at numbers, listen to experts, and just kind of try to make their the best decision for themselves that they can, that's the, the most that we can ask people to do right now. Yeah. So have you heard anybody speculate as to any sort of a theory as to why Charleston's been somewhat spared by some of the worst of this? No, I have all the theories that I do not want to see and are presented with constantly on social media. No, I really haven't heard any weird theories or thoughts as to why Charleston was spared because, uh, you know, Mayor Tecklenburg and City Council, I think we're pretty good about um, jumping a little bit ahead of the state at first. 
um, as far as like, hey, we're going to shut down things. Restaurants should only be to go. Um, but they were only like a day or two ahead of the rest of the state. So I, I don't really know why that may be. And, and no, no, I haven't heard any reason for it. Just there doesn't seem to be any real rhyme or reason for why some areas are spared and others aren't. What do you think? So, I mean, what are some of your thoughts around some? So do you, I was so, sort of surprised that when the state opened up everything that the city was kind of right there with it. Although I feel like there's been a lot of pressure there's just a lot of pressure on, from coming from all over the place. Do you do you see at any point that if if things change here, do you see at any point where they would take a step to do something different from the rest of the state again? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you that it was kind of surprising to see uh, Charleston kind of in lockstep with Henry McMaster's orders because they weren't always at first. Like I said, they were a little ahead of some of his decisions and. Um, there was talk that, uh, especially with the beaches, when they first closed, that they could be in trouble because um, the state attorney general, Alan Wilson, was like, hey, you can't really do that. But they were like, well, we're not going to do anything about it at first. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised that, um, that, yeah, they've been in lockstep with them and kind of doing the exact same things that the state has said. But I, I think you're right. I think it's because of the, the outside pressures of people who are saying, open up the state, open up the economy. Um, it's been more and more vocal as this has continued. So I think that was probably a major reason why they're in lockstep with them. But I would not be surprised at all if Charleston all of a sudden sees like an uptick in a couple of weeks that they they scale back and do things differently from the state. And I, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. What about so you, you saw some of like the smaller areas down here take different action. I like the Folly Beach, you know, there's pressure to shut that down and uh, IOP and Sullivan's Island. Um do you have any insight into how those decisions were made and the involvement of them since then and how they've opened up things up? From my understanding and what I hear is that they they all kind of closed down right when the city of Charleston, you know, they kind of were the first um, organization in this area that was like, hey, we're going to kind of shut things down here and slow down. And shortly thereafter, the beach communities made that decision to, to have you know blockades up, not let people in during the busiest times of the day. Um, so I think they were just, honestly, I really truly believe they were just trying to do what they felt was best for their residents and the community as a whole by closing that down. I know a lot of people's opinions out there, they're trying to make it a private beach community, which is ridiculous because they're losing money on people coming to the beach and spending money on, uh, in their stores and their restaurants and things. So just, it makes that whole thing makes no sense to me. Um, plus there's so many, especially places like Folly, a lot of those places are for rentals, people coming to vacation here that are now going to be empty. It's not like these people live here year round. So I didn't get that whole thing. But so I honestly believe the beach communities were trying to protect people, um, including the residents. And um, I think just the pressure has gotten to all of them except for Folly. Folly's the only one that was like to the county was saying, go ahead, sue us, like bring your legal action. Like we feel we're making the best decision and we're, we're seeing that play out right now, which should be fascinating whereas the rest i think they just kind of caved you know i think if you ask them to a person hey what do you truly think is the best course of action i think they would say that we would have preferred to stay closed um but the the just the, the when, from the county the state and then all the people who are like you've got to open up this is ridiculous we believe that we should have access to the beach i think it just got to them finally and if do you have any contacts or have you heard anything out of the hospital here i mean i have not heard any really reports about elective surgeries or other things that they're planning to open up or how they've continued to handle 
coronavirus patients and you know how those things are progressing do you have any information yeah about that? yeah so a few different things uh, as far as how they're handling coronavirus most hospitals were pushing towards virtual care instead of saying like if you feel like you could have corona come into the er they said no do not come into the er like go online there's a simple questionnaire that you fill out and then doctors get back to you and tell you if you need to be tested or not and then the testing sites were all off of the main campus where the hospitals are so like muc for instance instead of having a testing site downtown downtown they have it out in West Ashley at the Citadel Mall where MUSC has a new um, a new facility there. And they had it outside. And, you know, basically they're just trying to keep people away from crowded areas. And they, they were able to space out in the parking lot there. So that was that. And then if people needed to be admitted, I know the hospitals would have, like, specific floors for those patients. So they, you know, you wouldn't, if you had COVID, you weren't going to be on the same floor as um, someone who's giving birth or someone who had surgery it's their own wing. So it's the same employees dealing with those patients um, and they're all together. So they were trying to separate them. Um, as far as elective surgeries and things, I know a lot of the hospitals were canceling appointments, postponing appointments, and were really keeping it for a while, only things that had to be done. Um, so surgeries that couldn't be postponed, emergency things that came up, but they were pushing anything that was elective or could be postponed. They were doing that. But I think this week is when they um, started to slowly start to um, get stuff brought back onto campus instead of virtual appointments or canceling. So I think we're slowly getting there, but they're taking a ton of precautions. Like I know MUSC has a bunch of visitor restrictions and so do the other hospitals. It's not just like open for business, everybody come um, and, and you know, get whatever appointments you want. You know, they're still taking it slowly and spacing out things. You have to wear a mask when you're in the hospital like that they provide. And, um, so they're being very cautious, but they're slowly starting to open back up. So hopefully, assuming there's no um, uptick in cases, uh, a lot of the people who are laid off from these hospitals will be coming back too. You know, I don't usually offer a ton of my opinions on here mm -hmm. about different stuff, but um, I don't understand why doctor's offices and hospitals haven't always operated this way, and I don't understand why they would ever go back. We may not be in a coronavirus pandemic, but if you have a place where lots of sick people are showing up, it makes sense to take a bunch of precautions to keep those people from getting everybody else sick. And we, we know people have had their lives turned upside down by infections they got mm -hmm. in hospitals and things like that. So uh, maybe this will start some sort of a new normal with the way we do healthcare. And we can treat a lot of things by video now. Absolutely. And there is no reason why people have to go in when they're sick and do these things. So some of this just seems like a good idea that we were behind the curve on. I think uh, yeah. I can only really speak for MUSC because I do work there. Um, not in a patient-facing capacity, so it's a little different. But from what I've heard and what's you know they released to the media and things I can talk to, uh, we were switching towards telehealth, um, not switching as far as like everything's going to go that way. But they've really over the last however many years have really upped their game as far as trying to do virtual appointments, letting that be an option for people. Because like you said, number one, it's easier. You don't have to travel and park and all that. And there are some stuff where you don't need to be coming in. You know, for routine appointments, obviously there's some stuff you have to be there, testing, and so a doctor can see certain um, symptoms in person. But um, outside of that, they were doing a good job pushing that way, and I think they're gonna uh, probably stick to doing that for the foreseeable future. Sorry about the pause for a second. Some sort of a an interesting plane. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, how has it changed for you at work? So for my work at the hospital, um, not drastically. I'm still going into the office, um, you know, 
mostly Monday to Friday. I'm still doing the same type of work. We've scaled back some stuff that we do internal that is boring and I'm not going to talk about, but just like stuff that we would normally do that we're just like, we, we don't need to focus on this stuff right now. So we're just focused on, um, you know, what our normal job day to day is. Um, and as far as the blog with Holy City Center, not much has changed with that as far as uh, the website itself, but personally, like I'm just not going out ever, you know, so I'm not going to concerts or comedy shows or restaurants. Like I'm getting food delivered and stuff, but I'm not going out and doing things. So pretty much it's like work at the hospital, uh, come home and work on the website. And that's, that's kind of been it, but it, it, it's still the same amount of work. I'm just talking about things that I wasn't before. So instead of being like, this event's coming up and this new restaurant's opening, it's like, well, this has been delayed. This has been canceled. Here's where you can get takeout food. So it's just adjusting the types of stuff. I, I tell people it's more like the mode I've been in now is like when I'm in hurricane mode the site yeah. so like when hurricanes come i adjust everything to instead of here's what's happening here's what we're going to do it's here's the latest important news here's what's closed here's what's open here's what the government's saying so it's, that's kind of what it's been like it's just hurricane mode have you awesome. no i mean it's not awesome that we're going through this but it's awesome that we have you to be sharing all this information with us yeah you, you, you do such a good job really nice talking about this stuff like thank I, you and i you you do a good job of making me feel like I don't have to filter through everywhere else I'm getting information I'm always like filtering out yeah. like, for bullshit yeah no I, and that's what I've always tried to do is share not just be like well my site's the only site and you can only come to me and I'm not even going to talk about any others because that's silly to me like people prefer aggregated information one stop shop so if I feel ABC News has a really good story and I'm just not going to cover it especially like I'm going to share their link and if Live 5 News is better or Post and Courier or City Paper I'm going to share what they have, and then that way you can, I hope, you're finding all the best information in one place. And then, like you said, you don't have to cycle through, you know, you know. sometimes they're posting stuff that's happening out of state that isn't news. It's just clicky, clickbaity, um, you know, some wild story. And, you know, I try to keep everything Charleston. So I, that's, that's always what I've tried to do, especially on the Twitter feed, is just share important stuff from whoever's got it. So one, one other uh, interesting story that happened here in the middle of this that maybe didn't get as much coverage as it would have, is uh, there was an alligator that killed somebody on yes, Kiowa. Yes, yes, yeah. So any – did you cover that at all? Or I shared you... the real, like, legitimate news sources. Like, you know, um, I didn't cover it from my own. I could have because I, I, you know, I got the police report and all that, but I just – I leave that kind of stuff sometimes to the professionals. It was wild. It's like, one of the craziest things I've ever It's so read. wild because – just it happening is is sad and tragic and makes news for obvious reasons, but just the whole story behind it and, and the woman's actions leading up to it is just so bizarre to me. There's there's something there that I, I don't think has come out, you know, like in her state of mind or if she was, you know, I hate to speculate, but, you know, if she was drinking or something, you know, there's, there's it, something else to it. Her, her, her actions it was just very too, strange. Yeah, I don't know. It just if we can go through it for those who didn't know. So... A woman who I believe was, she either was the hairdresser or she was going to her friend's house who was a hairdresser. No, she it was like a salon, nail salon worker or something like that. Yeah. She was going there to do those services because, yes. pri- like in a private way as opposed right. to because the stores are closed. So she went there and then her friend, I think her friend did say she did smell alcohol or she like had alcohol with her when she showed up or something and she was acting strange. And so she noticed the alligator out. There's like a pond or something behind her friend's house. And so she like went out there to take pictures of it. 
and her friend was like yelling at her not to do it and then she like went to pet the alligator like she was that close and then it, it grabbed her and pulled her into the water but she was in the water still and up and out and neighbors and other people were trying to help her and i think they, it was a rope that they they threw out yep. she grabbed the rope and calmly like she never screamed never yelled she calmly was like well i guess i'll never try to do that again or something along those lines yeah, that's what the quote was yeah and then they it pulled her under and, and unfortunately that was it but i she just was so calm about it's some it's so bizarre but yeah it kind of it provided a little bit of a distraction but it's then it just kind of was gone just like the whole ufo thing for national news it was like i don't know if you guys saw that. i didn't even hear about yeah, this so the I forget which organization within the government. There's been like these videos circulating online about these UFOs, and they they finally were like officially released the videos to be like, all right, here's what we saw, and yeah, we don't know what it is, and people were just like, oh, okay, <laughs> new conspiracy theory. Yeah. Like, the aliens dropped coronavirus mm-hmm. on us. Be careful, someone will run with that. It, it's already out there. It's <laughs> already out there. Is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> And coronavirus is caused by 5G technology. It, it, There's it, no it, amount of crazy we can come up with here that but, somebody has an idea. Oh, exactly. my God. Yeah. Just, well, the can we is, leave it up to the experts, please? Yes, I know. Well, some people out of our area listen to this. I just say that alligator attacks in South Carolina are exceptionally rare. We've yeah. had, like, three fatalities yeah. ever. They've all been in the last four years, and I just think it's because... People are acting dumber and dumber. There's a giant alligator. Um, stay away from it. Don't and then you should it. be okay. That was wild to me too because I read that in the article and I had to read it a couple times that there's only been like four fatalities from an alligator attack. And you just assume there's more because they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere here. Yeah, it, they're it, coming up to houses and stuff because we're building in all these old areas where they would live. And four? We have, yeah, we have alligators Ever? here every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a thing mostly because... We have, our waterways are full of regular food for the alligators, and so they don't. True. And it, it takes an exceptionally large alligator to think of a, of an adult as, as food. <laughs> That's true too. And you know you you know most people just stay. They let, they would prefer to stay away from us, and we would prefer to stay away right. from them, except for when somebody decides not to for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know they, what's going through your mind when you're like, "Let me pet an yeah. alligator." Obviously, something. Obviously, something, something was going off. on, right? Yeah. And so whatever that. <laughs> and their friend yelled like. That gator, like, literally ate a deer, like, two weeks ago, yes. or whatever it was. And she was like, I don't look like a deer. That was another weird thing she the, said. Just, I just, I don't know. The whole thing's so bizarre. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you want to share, coronavirus-wise <laughs> or other or otherwise, news-breaking? Uh, everything is, I mean, pre- people are pretty up-to-date on stuff that's going on. I would just say, you know, support, and, and you guys are doing a great job by having everybody on here, of course. Um, support Thank your you. local favorites, uh, however you can. Restaurants, it's it's fairly easy. Order takeout to go. If you feel comfortable going to places that have patios, go for it. But you can help that way. Um, local comedians and musicians, if they have work um, that you can share, whether it's um, something on Spotify or Apple Music, like share that however you can, or just say, hey, I love this Charleston comedian or performer. Just share on social media, like whatever you can do to get people's names out there. Um, I'm trying to think of what other businesses, you know, just. But those are like the main ones that are people who've been struggling um, out here and support healthcare workers. However, you can do that. You know, be safe so you're not in the hospital taking up resources. Have you, um, is there any like websites that have aggregated some of the businesses in the Charleston market that um, like so that people can buy that stuff online or is, like uh, like actually selling the products? Or, yeah, because I was thinking like, yeah. I was thinking, like those businesses are obviously completely shut down right now, and 
some of them have a website presence already mm-hmm. and some of them don't. But is, it, is there an aggregate for any of that? Not that I've seen. Not we'll like get on that, man. Central. I know, right? I was keeping a list of restaurants that were opening um, that had takeout and delivery available because um, there were so few, especially at first. Um, but uh, now that everything's kind of back up, open, uh, yeah, maybe I could switch gears to places like that. That still Because there are a lot of places that can't open, including uh, salons and, and barbershops and things. They're still closed. Tattoo parlors are still closed. Um, and, and like you said, big businesses. Uh, I think about the businesses on the market that sell whatever, arts, crafts, whatever things they have. They're not selling their stuff. So hopefully, yeah, maybe if there's one spot you could share um, and, and purchase, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be. That's a great idea. Get on that. Yeah. You can build a website. <laughs> I have lots of time. But <laughs> uh, well, listen, man. Thank you so much for coming back, as always. And uh, we're yeah. happy hopefully next time we'll have you here. It'll be celebrating all of the new wonderful things that came from this downtime and mm-hmm. all the success stories coming out of our. Uh, I do think I really do think that there are so many as awful as what is going on right now for so many reasons and for how many people are struggling. There are some really unique silver linings that are coming out of it and just the way that businesses have to pivot so quickly I think is a really cool thing watching some of these and and I feel horrible for some of the businesses that aren't making it through this obviously Mm -hmm. um but just some of the really cool things about how these people have to pivot and how we're gonna have different opportunities and different ways to purchase their items and the new items that they've come up with I think is kind of a cool thing and it's a really great learning experience for all the business owners Necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. On that note, thank you so much for coming on. We'll Thanks talk to you again soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, guys.